Good morning, guys. Man, what, a, what an awesome time of worship. It's got me all amped up. I'm going to talk so fast. All right, so good morning. So if you guys haven't been with us for the last couple of weeks, we've been going through the book of First Samuel. And so Bill preached on chapter 3 last week, and instead of hopping into chapter 4, we're going to stay put here for this week to, to look at the idea of how do we discern God's voice, which also leads to the question, how does God speak to us? So for the most part, we're just going to be looking at the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm not going to go over the entire chapter. Bill did more than a good job of that. But just to rehash, looking at the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Skipping down to verse 7, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So first Samuel, who is Samuel? Well, young Samuel is a prophet, but as we saw at the beginning of chapter 3 last week, he had never heard of the voice of the Lord. And so when he didn't recognize it at first, so what we see happens is Samuel goes, here's God calling Samuel, Samuel, but he doesn't know it's God. He goes, wakes up Eli. Eli says, it's not me, kid. Go beat it. And so when this happens a couple of times, and then Eli, understanding that this is God talking to Samuel, tells him, respond, say, yes, Lord, I am your servant, speak. And so the one thing that Bill brought up that I felt thought was so interesting last week when he was preaching was how we so often misconstrue how God spoke in the Old Covenant. You know, because we usually think it's this loud, it's always this loud, audible voice when God's speaking you know, to his prophets. And what Bill brought up was it was usually through visions and that the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord, would stand before his prophets. And so we misconstrued the idea very often, and I know I have, of what it meant to hear from the Lord in the Old Covenant. So what I started wrestling with throughout the week was, do we misconstrue? what it means and how to hear the voice of the Lord in the new covenant. I don't know if you guys have ever struggled with this, but I have. So one of the things I did is I went and I hopped on YouTube and I looked up a couple sermons. See, what, what is the most popular sermons on the subject got to say about how do you hear God's voice and how do you discern God's voice, right? Because we live in a really noisy world. We have our thoughts. We have our feelings. We have so many different religions out there. How do we discern and know God's voice? So the first couple I looked at, multiple millions of views. And the first one said, well, you just got to have strong enough faith and God will audibly speak to you. And I immediately went, uh-oh, because I've never heard God audibly speak to me. So that sounds a little bit worrisome. The second one I started listening to said, you got to pray. I was like, all right, it's a good start. Prayer, absolutely. All right, I think we're cooking. But then there was no mention of the word of God. I was like, uh-oh, it's another issue. So the more I thought about it, this is a good subject for us to dive into, to understand how do we hear the voice of the Lord? How does God speak to us? And how do we discern his voice? Because I know I've struggled with this. I remember being a kid, and as ridiculous as this is going to sound, 
remember being a kid, hearing, I, I was raised with the Bible, I heard all the Bible stories. I remember hearing the story of Moses and God speaking to him through a burning bush. I was like, man, that's awesome. Wish God would speak to me. So in our driveway, right where the sidewalk would start, we had this big holly bush. And every once in a while hearing the stories, I'd be like, all right, God, I know you did it before. I know you can do it. So if you want to speak to me, do the fire thing. So I'd be staring at this bush and nothing would happen. I'm sure the neighbors were looking out that window and be like, man, that weird kid's staring at the bush again. And as ridiculous as this sounds, this is, this is what we struggle with, right? Bill brought up last week how sometimes we have this longing for the old covenant because we read and we hear about these loud, overt, powerful ways God would speak. We'd be like, I don't, I don't feel that. I've never experienced anything like that. I wish I could experience that. And so sometimes, maybe it's just me, maybe some of you guys who have wrestled with this is, man, I wish God would speak to me in such a loud way. Because after seeing some of these sermons, it seems like a mystery, right? How, how does God speak to us? Because this is important, because when we look at how do we disciple, we teach others to hear, obey, and share God's word. What's well, the first part? It's here. If we're not hearing well, what, what are we obeying? If we're not hearing anything, what are we obeying? And then what are we sharing, right? That order is very, very important. But thankfully, it's no mystery. God has given us gifts. And when God gives gifts, he gives generously. God speaks to us in his word by the Spirit with his church. All three of these are in abundance, generosity of gifts. His word, his spirit, his church. So first, as Bill pointed out last week in the new covenant, how does God speak to us? Long ago, Hebrews 1, long ago, God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. And who is his son? His son is the word that became flesh and dwelt among them. Now just think for the first contrast there, First Samuel, the, Lord of the word of the Lord was rare in those days and how the word became flesh and dwelt among them. Right there, what a, what a huge contrast. God speaks to us through his word and his word is sufficient for everything. It's more desirable than gold. The words are sweeter than honey, even dripping from the honeycomb. And in Deuteronomy, it even says that he did not teach his people to live on bread alone, rather live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So you can look at your Bibles and say, these are the words that came from the mouth of the Lord. God speaks to us through his word. And it's not like these are just rules that are spoken from afar. They're spoken in love, the way a father would speak to his son. Think of what the author of Hebrews says in chapter 12. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child. And now the author of Hebrews, the encouraging words he's spoken to you as a child, he's now going to quote Proverbs 3, the word of God. My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. 
For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as child. And that's beautiful, right? That God's word, he's speaking to you through his word the way a father would speak to a son. And you might say, well, that scripture's kind of a downer, discipline. But later on in chapter 12, it goes on to say, because he wants you to be holy. That's why we discipline our kids, right? Because we want to help them, help them grow, help them mature. God speaks to us through his word like a father speaks to his child. And it's beautiful because we are his children. God speaks to us by his spirit, through his word, with his church. So how does God speak to us through his spirit? This is an interesting one, right? Here's where, when I was praying about it this week, that I wanted to address. I know God speaks to us through his spirit in a lot of ways. But for every single person in this room, because you watch those videos, you'll hear, God told me this, God told me that. And you're like, well, I, God, I don't, I've never had any voice in my head other than my own. And sometimes we can take that as a discouragement in our faith. But where I want to encourage every single person here who confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God has spoken to you by his spirit. I have never heard God audibly speak. Every voice in my head has been of my own. But what I can tell you guys is that God has spoken to me by his spirit. He spoke life into a dead heart. He spoke hope into a hopeless heart. He spoke purpose into a heart that had no purpose at all. I never came through my own deductions to the understanding and figured it out by myself that I am sinful and that I am sinful before a holy God and I didn't come through my own deductive reasoning what that meant. And I didn't come through through my own deductive reasoning that I am in desperate need of a savior and that the cross is my pathway to eternal life. That was not my own deductive reasoning. The Holy Spirit gave me ears to hear and spoke this into my heart and gave me a new heart that could hear the beauty of his word. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is why our testimonies are important. So when we have these classes on how to share your testimony, you guys can look at it as how to share with the world the way that God, by his spirit, has spoken to me. How he has spoken into my life and has spoken eternal life into me. It's beautiful, and I hope every single one of you who has ever wrestled with the idea of, is God speaking to me my spirit, will think of your testimony and just be so encouraged. But that's not the only way that God speaks to us through his spirit, right? He illuminates his word. He prompts us. He directs us. He convicts us. He is our teacher. He is our helper. And how do we discern all that? Well, we'll get into that. But God also speaks to us with his church. And think of everything David was praying. How beautiful was that? Because whose church is it first? It's Jesus' church. God speaks with his church. You know, when Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, he says, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety, 
to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was the eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Guys, the church, everybody in here, you guys are all, this is a gift. This is a gift from God. This gathering is a gift from God. You brothers and sisters in Christ are a gift. We can encourage each other. We can bear one another's burdens. We can help point each other to follow Christ better. This is why it is so important that we do not neglect to meet together because this is a gift from God and how he speaks to us. This is why it's important that we're together. God speaks to us with his church through his word by the power of his spirit. So now that we looked at how does God speak to us, how do we discern through these three ways? Guys, if there's one thing, one thing I want in this sermon is that, like we were praying before church, that we would just have the deepest awe of God's word, that we'd understand this is how he's spoken to us. The word of God is the yardstick by which all things should be measured. It is our barometer for all truth. And I hope in this time where the truth just does not seem to exist, we can't seem to agree on anything, that the word of God would just shine so incredibly bright that it is our unfailing truth. And shout out to Pastor Steve because I keep stealing that quote. That was originally his quote. And how do we know that's true? Jesus said it. John 17, Jesus is praying to his father. He's praying to God and he says, I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. The Bible is the yardstick by which all things should be measured. It is the lamp at your feet when nothing makes sense ahead of you. It is inerrant and it is sufficient. It does not leave you lacking. Remember last year when we were going through 2 Timothy Paul writing to Timothy saying, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture, all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Bible is not just this historical book that sits dormant and dead. It is alive. Jesus is alive. He is the word that became flesh. His word is alive. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. When we have this barometer of truth, 
and we're looking to discern God's voice. We don't understand, is this of God? Is this opinion of God? Is this statement of God? We have his word. Live on it. Live in it. We don't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from God's mouth, which is your Bible. You can test everything unto it. Like Paul told the church in Thessalonica, use the word of God, be in the word of God. And I know it can be scary trying to understand God's word when you're first reading the Bible. It can be intimidating, but God has given us his spirit that helps illuminate his word. He's given us his church. Do you know how many people here at Revolve will jump in and read the Bible right alongside of you in a heartbeat? We love doing stuff like that. When I first came to Revolve, I didn't know how to read the Bible. Met with Jason for years doing DBSs. Learning what does the word of God say about me? What does it say about God? How do I take it and make it applicable? How do I hear, obey, and share this incredibly good and trustworthy news? Because we can use scripture to interpret scripture. The Bible self-fulfilling, it is, does not leave us lacking at all. Because there's a danger of taking things out of context, but that's why God has given you all these gifts. Heck, me and David, me and David joke around about you can't make fun of bald people because bears are gonna come out and attack you. Now, that, that isn't the point. That isn't the point of that passage. So we joke around about that. But context is important, but this is why God has given us all these giftings so that we can make sense of his word and he wants to teach you his word. He wants you as his son and daughter. He wants you to know him better and deeper and he has done this through his word. And so how do we discern God's voice through his spirit? What do we do when we have these promptings that are so loud on our heart and we don't know what to do with them, right? Why am I thinking of X, Y, or Z? Why am I thinking of this person? Why are they so heavy on my heart? Is this from God? Is this God's spirit speaking to me? What can I do? Well, thankfully, God has given us, like Bill preached last week, unfettered access to God himself that we can approach him in prayer. We can come asking him for wisdom, in James chapter 1, he says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. And that is having faith in his word alone, because that is your barometer for all truth. And you might say, all right, that's great. So I prayed for wisdom. I've got this prompting on my heart prayed for wisdom? Do I just follow the very next thought I have that God answered? How do we know if the wisdom we're getting or the thoughts or feelings we're getting are of God? Thankfully, James later on in chapter three goes on to answer that exact question, because what is wisdom from God? What is wisdom from the Holy Spirit? Wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. It's gentle. It's open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial and sincere, 
and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. These are the fruits of the Spirit. These are the effects of the fruits of the Spirit. Because we won't always get full confirmation that when there was a prompting on our hearts that it was the Holy Spirit. But what we can do is be obedient to every prompting we have and measure it to the Word of God. Some, they all of a sudden have someone who's heavy on your heart. What does the Word of God say? What do we do for one another? We love one another. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We bear each other's burdens. So reach out to that person and pray for them. Let them know, hey, I'm praying for you. Is there any way I can be praying for you? See what they have going on. Let your answer to all your promptings be rooted in the word of God. It is the yardstick by which all things should be measured. We discern God's voice with his church through his word, by his spirit. Like I said earlier, and this is where you really see all these things married together so beautifully. God's church is a gift. All of you are a gift. Think of your elders. Think of Pastor Bill. You know, one of the things I loved about Revolve when I first got here, if you go to Pastor Bill and say, hey, I'm really wrestling with this I don't know what to do. I feel like God's telling me X, Y, or Z, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to do. You know what Pastor Bill's response is going to be? Say, let's get together. Let's see what the Word of God's got to say about it. And do you know what you're also going to do before you dig into the Word together? You're going to pray, asking for wisdom. Then you're going to dive into the barometer of all truth, the Word of God. And after, you're going to pray some more. It is beautiful, these three things coming together. The word of God, his spirit, and his church. But how do we discern God's voice over our own hearts? Sometimes our feelings can be so painfully loud. Sometimes the brokenness of this world can be so painfully loud that it feels almost impossible to hear from God. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been there, but sometimes you've been so on fire for Christ, love reading his word, and all of a sudden life has brought you to a place where you feel absent, you feel distant, you don't have the longing to get into the word, And all of a sudden, even though you have been on fire for God so much, all of a sudden you're back to feeling like a little kid standing in a driveway, staring at a bush, hoping, God, please speak to me. Because it doesn't feel like you're near at all. I feel so absent from you. And I know what your word says, but my feelings are so loud, I just feel drowned in discouragement. How do we discern those thoughts and hear the voice of the Lord in these moments. When Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians, he says in chapter 10, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, 
but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. All right, that sounds great, but how do we do that? How do you take a thought captive? If you're gonna take a thought captive and bring it in obedience to Christ, you gotta know, is that, is that thought truthful or not? Am I alone? I feel alone. Am I alone? God, have you forsaken me? This is what I feel. If we're gonna take every thought captive, you gotta expose it, if it's true, or expose it to be a liar. Bring it to the word of God. I feel alone, God. I don't feel like you are near, but what does the word of God say? Because we need to be people who are submitted to the word of God, that you approach the word of God with submission. You approach the word of God every time you're opening your Bible. You're like Samuel, where he responds to the Lord. He says, Lord, this is your servant. Speak, I'm listening. Bring that lie to God's word and have it be exposed. God, I feel like you're absent and don't care. The word of God says, I draw near the brokenhearted. The word of God says, I have come to pursue you and I dwelt among you and I have sent you my Holy Spirit and I will be with you till the end of the age. And when we bring our feelings to the word of God, and we couple that with prayer and we grab a brother and sister in Christ and say, I am feeling really discouraged right now. Would you come pray with me? You bring that lie to the throne of God and it will be obliterated by his perfect, precious light. There is power in the word of God. It is living and active. It is sharper than any sword. Take every thought captive. Guys, I have struggled with self-condemnation. I love to beat myself up and look at, instead of what went well, look at everything that went wrong and then tell myself how big of an idiot I am, how much I messed it up, and I feel worthless. When I bring that to the word of God, it gets absolutely obliterated because my lies of feelings tell me and my heart lies to me that it will tell me you're worthless, you're an idiot. Why do you even bother trying? You bring that to the throne of God, and he says, I call you my son. I have washed you white as snow. I have clothed you in righteousness. I have made you a co-heir of Christ. I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of worth in that. So when you bring your, the, the measly lies of our feelings and hearts, up to the word of God and you submit yourself to it in prayer with his church, you are taking every thought captive and you are bringing it into obedience of Christ. Because this is what it looks to abide, right? Scripture fed, spirit led, word, prayer, your brothers and sisters in Christ, all joined together. His sheep know his voice. Guys, I hope and pray 
that we are just all more spurred on to be in deeper all of God's word, to be deeper in all of the gifts he's given us that we do understand, like we were praying before church and what David was saying up here, that the Holy Spirit dwells within us, that we have the word of God, that God speaks to us directly through his voice to say, I don't read my Bible, I don't want to read my Bible, is to say, I don't want to hear from God. We have these beautiful gifts and we have this body of believers and I just pray that we all have a deeper, all of us, adoration and all of the gifts that God has given us. And it just spurs us on to look deeper because the sheep hear his voice. I was watching a video. God gives us these beautiful analogies. I was watching this video of this farmer who had a couple tours he was giving a guide to of his farm. And he had all his sheep out in the field. And he told the couple of people who was giving a tour to exactly how he calls them, the cadence, the pitch, the tone, the exact way he calls them. And he let each one take a try. And each one who tried to call those sheep over, those sheep did not care one bit. They did not, it was background noise. It was as if they simply didn't hear it. It was background white noise. They didn't even flinch, but when that farmer got up and called his sheep, those ears perked up, those heads shot up, they immediately turned around, looked at their shepherd, and they ran to him. And this is what it looks like to abide. This is what it looks like to know and hear his voice, that we are not distracted and burdened by what's in front of us, because we're not always going to understand what's in front of us. This is a broken world, and it is dangerous sometimes to try and understand the why of everything. We're not looking behind us at our past and what has tripped us up, beating ourselves up with guilt and self-condemnation. We are simply looking up at our shepherd because we only have ears to hear his voice. And when we are abiding in word and prayer along with his church, we know his voice above all others. And it is the only voice that matters because it sings to our heart in a way that no other voice can. So some of you guys may be saying, well, that sounds great, but where do I start? Well, I got good news. Like Bill said, 21st, Brenton's got his doctrine class. But also, feel like you're struggling reading the word, you want someone to help come alongside you reading the word. Starting later this month, I believe on the 28th, Pastor Bill's going to be teaching a class on learning God's word. You're going to get an intro to the Old Testament. You're going to get an intro to the New Testament, and you're going to be given and shown tools on how to read your Bible. And do you know what you'll also be getting there? You will be praying for wisdom to understand and be led by the Spirit. And do you know who's also going to be there at the church? And you're going to have all three of these things by how God speaks to us, with his word, by the power of his spirit, with his church. Let me pray. God, thank you. How generous are you, God, as a giver? that you would give us your word, that you would speak to us, God, that you would give us 
an unfailing truth, Lord, in a world that is drowning with lies. Lord, your word is like, it's like drowning, floating at sea. And all these lies and deception, Lord, that we see our world and our culture struggling in, no one can agree on anything. We can't even agree on genders. And Lord, there is your word. It is truth. It is truth in a world that is so desperate for it. Praise you, Lord. Praise you that you gave us your spirit. I think in the gospel of John, Lord Jesus, how you breathed your spirit into disciples, Lord. That, God, we can look at the Old Testament so foolishly and thinking, I wish it was like that, but, God, your spirit dwells within us. What a blessing, Lord, that you sent your helper. And, God, we thank you for your church. Lord, I pray for hearts in here. Lord, I know there's so many new people in this church, Lord. They would understand, God, that your word says do not neglect to meet together. And that we wouldn't view this as a checkbox or a burden of something that we have to do, but a gift and a blessing that we get to be together. The joy of bearing each other's burdens, loving each other, encouraging each other, stirring one another up to help each other follow you, Jesus better. We thank you for your church. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your holy and perfect word. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.